1: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, hosted on Jitterymonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahochko, and usually now would be the time in the show where I introduce my co-host, Haas Reuter. Uh, but we are doing a very unorthodox recording uh, schedule this week. Couldn't record Wednesday night, it was my anniversary. Obviously I was tied up. Uh was recording another podcast Thursday night and We were trying to get everybody together to record Friday night. Last night, Uh, it just didn't work out. So we said, all right, we're going to shoot for Saturday afternoon when my son is napping. And then he fell asleep in the car on the way home from Target. So I said, okay, if I can get him up to his bed and he stays asleep, we've got a golden opportunity to record around 11 o'clock in the morning. And that worked for a few minutes, except Haas is at Costco. As we record this, Haas has bought all of the Coors Banquet at Costco. He has bought out their supply, and uh, he's got a cart full. He says it's going to be at least 45 minutes. In the meantime, my son decided, ah, I don't really want a nap, so I'm father of the year, He's in the front room watching Mickey. I put on a Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It's the longest episode I could find, 53 minutes. So I'd say of that, we have about 47 left. Uh, so we're going to introduce this week's guest for the coordination cross-examination, although it's just going to be more of an examination since it's just me and not Haas. And uh, we're bringing, uh, for the first time ever on the Five Heart Podcast, uh, Husker Mike himself, Mike Jackson. Mike, welcome to the show. Howdy. Uh, how's it going?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm I'm thinking it's more than a uh, a cart of of Coors Banquet. I'm pretty sure it's one of those big flatbeds. <laughs> it may be actually two of them. And that's why it's taking 45 minutes because he's got, you know, one with one arm and one with the other arm getting getting all that maneuvering through through all the food uh, food he, people l- mooching the food aisles.
1: And he's he's probably got to make two trips. Uh, you know, he he says, "All right, I, I've paid for it. Put it over here by customer service. I'll come back in twenty minutes with my vehicle <laughs> for another load." Yep. I wonder if you know at this point, Haas, he really should just uh you know go to Golden, Colorado, back up his vehicle, and just buy wholesale, wouldn't
0: he? That probably would be more efficient. But uh, knowing Haas, that would be having to cross that uh, that. Uh, Nebraska Colorado uh, border <laughs> would probably set off some sort of a- allergic reaction that that uh, whatever else you know, but it might be faster just to just to have the uh, just have them send a semi out. There you go, every couple weeks, and just yeah. drop it off at his house.
1: And, and we say this in jest, obviously, folks. We don't think that Haas has a drinking problem. I mean, I mean, he does, and, and his problem is that he likes Coors Banquet, but that's really the only problem he has. Uh, he, he's responsible. He's a grown adult. Let's move on. Um, so let's let's begin. If you're ready, Mike, we're we're just sure. going to uh, uh, jump right into things. And so, have you listened to the other episodes that we did with Jill and Paul?
0: Well, not not too much. You know, one of the things is, and this is something that I've, is when uh, his podcast is something I've never done a whole lot of listening to, just because I'm usually driving around with the kid you know the only time i would have to listen to me is in the car and usually i got somebody else in the car with me anyway who doesn't want to listen to this stuff so i understand
1: <laughs> i understand. I, I, uh, I i don't i don't typically listen to the podcast when i'm in the vehicle with the family um the podcast that i listen to my wife has zero interest in and all in that same vein the podcasts that i listen to are, are a little too uh, on the language side for a, a two-year-old it's not a good you know not a good mix yeah. there um so Good, that, that's good. That means that you have no uh, preconceived notions coming in, and it also means that uh, I get to surprise you with every question that we ask. So, are you ready? Uh, I, I feel like...
0: Okay, I, I, I need to... Do I need have a Bible before I inform myself?
1: No, but I, I just had the idea, like, the, the great way to open up this segment would be, like, the Law & Order theme or something. Or uh, uh, the Wapner, <laughs> the uh, people's court themey. Um, well, so, um, all right, then let's let's begin at the top. And uh, first question is an easy one: Are you a Nebraska native?
0: That is correct. Born and lived my entire life in Omaha.
1: Okay, uh, so I mean, it doesn't matter to me, but it might matter to other native Omaha Omahaans. What's the What's the correct term for a native Omaha individual?
0: I think it's Omaha. Okay. I, if anything more fancy than that. I've never heard it in my 51
1: years. So what, uh, what high school uh, do, do you get to claim?
0: The, uh, the alma mater of uh, Eric Crouch, 1 Miller North.
1: There you go. So, all you Miller North listeners out there, uh, uh, another you know alum uh, is gracing the airwaves here. So, um, tell me tell me a little bit about
0: uh, their letter jackets.
1: Yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about Mike growing up. <laughs> uh, were you are you a lifelong Husker fan? I mean, being being a native, you are actually our first native son and or daughter. Uh, you know, be, you know, including Jill because Jill's from Iowa uh, or excuse me, Jill's from South Dakota. Sorry, Paul, about right? back. Yeah. Uh, Paul's Paul's the one from Iowa. I I, I misspoke. Uh, Jill's from South Dakota, Uh, but they are both, you know, converts. So, being that you're a a native Nebraskan, are you a lifelong Husker fan?
0: Yeah. Basically, uh, my parents uh, bought season tickets two years before I was born. So, uh, there was a certain Certain expectation that from tenth through November there was a certain clockwork schedule for for Saturdays, especially football Saturdays. You do this, 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 because mom and dad were getting in the car at uh, at uh, ten a.m. to this was back when you know t- the only one or two games a year were televised, so they were all, almost all the games were at one in afternoon. At 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, they were getting in the car and heading to Lincoln. And when I was young, it was babysitters coming over, and they were going to the game. I'll be back probably about 6 o'clock. And. And and it was my job to listen to the game on the radio <laughs> <laughs> and to report back what I what I
1: <laughs>
0: report back what I <laughs> what I uh, heard on the radio
1: because I mean as you said you know 51 years so you know I'm I'm doing crude math in my head so uh, we'll say uh, in the 60s I think 67
0: Yeah, about, I think the 64.
1: Okay. Um, but these this was when a time When they first
0: started ex- Started expanding that north end zone. My, my I showed my mom's suggestion. I said, man, we should, we should get in on tickets. So okay, they did, and so they've, and then so they've had tickets for 51 years. My dad doesn't go anymore, but my my mom still goes. And uh, even though I have my own set of tickets now, since since uh, Tommy Frazier's uh, freshman year, uh, now that the other people that she she shared tickets with, I know goes. Go uh, go with her down to the game because her t- seats are still better than what I got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, as you said, you know your job was to to sit at home listen to the game. I mean, we got to remember this is before you know uh, like Walkmans and, and portable radios, things like that. So, uh, would they come back and say, oh, when uh, when this big play happened, what were they saying on the radio, and, and would you have to you know report back and kind of give a recap of the play by play?
0: Yeah. Not really, but I have to give my general opinions Again, oh. when you're seven, eight, ten years old, they're not asking for for Haas-like uh, <laughs> analysis, especially from a radio play-by-play. But but once, every so often, like two or three years, somebody in the group would have to miss a game or whatever else, and I'd get to go, and my my dad would always be amazed that, this, and this was in the days before they put all the... Uh, the uh, names on the back of the jerseys, I could name all the, uh, name the starting offensive line who's, is, who's is out there. Cause like, well, yeah, I'm paying attention when they're right. well, on the radio broadcast. <laughs> so what? Now, I, you know, I mean, man, this is, so I've, I've got this old, you know, top radio that, uh, because my sister and the babysitter are usually off platforms where I'm listening to the game. So I'm usually huddled in a corner right. next to an outlet so I can, <laughs> so I can follow the game along. <laughs> What?
1: Uh, I, I, oh, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna
1: say what? Uh, what year? Or what game was the first one that you remember attending in person? What year? Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? I just you know, what year or what game was the first one that you remember attending in person? Let's see. Well, the
0: first there was in there was a. There was an, a Colorado. Game, I think in probably about seventy, you know, seventy four, seventy five. That I remember going to there. And but the only thing I really remembered about that one was getting uh, was getting a Philly you know, sandwich for <laughs> yeah. to uh, to to eat before the game. Uh, but the big game, the first one I really remember was that classic. Uh, 1978 Oklahoma game and that's one where Nebraska upset uh, number one Oklahoma right. and Billy Sims fumbled at the three yard line you've probably seen the between that fumble then there's also uh, John Rude uh, practically uh, murdering uh, Kelly Phelps on the kickoff turn you've probably seen that yeah yeah highlight where he just comes through and he just he just absolutely decapitates him. uh And so, you know, and I always make fun of my uh, sister on that because I'm watching the game. And I mean, this is, this is, this is really funny stuff. My sister also got to go along to the game and she was bored, silly. And as about halfway through the fourth quarter, uh, she reaches over to my dad and says, yeah, I remember it's, you know, middle of November. So it's like 30 degrees. It's cold. She's miserable. And she, goes, Dad, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, <laughs> I always, I, I give her, I give her a little use about saying, uh, you know, about you know, coming up with
1: asking what time is it <laughs> during, the, during the fourth quarter of a Nebraska-Oklahoma right. game. So, being born into you know Husker fandom, do you remember any particular? Game or or event or moment where it really galvanized you and and really you know brought out that full passion or or is it just something that you know just kind of uh, uh, you know that not a, not to say a slow burn but something that was always kind of boiling there uh, the entire time.
0: I think it was pretty much a slow burn, always there built in because uh, uh, it's you in know, your I mean, DNA. It, mean you're, I mean, it was just it's just the DNA. It was right. just always there, you know. Uh, You know, you know, in uh, I was in high school uh, watching that. uh, uh, Probably the most cool one was was that uh, was that '83 Orange Bowl where uh, or '84 Orange Bowl, the '83 season when Nebraska, you know, Nebraska, you know, went for two and didn't quite make it on. Came up short against Miami, you know that one you know, was a, was a, was a, but it was, that's what, that's what full Saturdays were revolved around. It was Nebraska football.
1: So this is an important question. uh, And we've had some really interesting answers over the last couple of episodes. Who is your all time favorite Husker? You know,
0: you know, that's the interesting thing because I don't know that I've necessarily had a number one favorite I mean I mean obviously there you know you, you think about the greats uh, you know Turner uh, uh, uh you know Tommy Frazier, you know Brooke burn the uh, you know and some of the native sons you know uh, you know Chiowski always got my uh always kind of tugged at my, tugged at the Harsinks. That was a great story where he, you know, basically, you know, seemed like he came out of nowhere for his senior season uh, in more recent years. So, uh, you know, Scott Frost, you know, and, uh, and, of course, since I'm Miller North alum, Eric, Eric Crouch. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, obviously, those guys, uh, you know, and then we, And then, you know, and who can forget? I mean, and and Dominic Sue. You know, I never thought I would be able to spell that name, but then after having to blog that
1: blog his name for a few years, (laughs) it's amazing how uh,
0: intuitive that
1: spelling became. Yeah, it it really has become you know second nature. Uh, Even you know, as I as I type up you know the the posts and whatnot for this and. It's N D uh, A and and off you go. It, it's off to the races. It's the the the, the mind. Uh, at least my mind. I can't s- certainly speak for you or anybody else. But my mind goes blank. But the hands, you know, it's at muscle memory. It, it's you know starts yeah. on three starts on three letters and it, it finishes without uh, much other mental input. I really should watch that. I, I, what else am I doing without much mental input <laughs> that could get me in trouble? <laughs> um. So obviously we have Scott Frost now. And, uh, you know, his I, I mean, he's had uh, a, a long line of of really historic, you know, coaching uh, both as a player and a, and a coach. Of course, uh, you know, Osborne, that, that that coaching lineage, if you will, that that uh, uh, family tree of coaches for him. But from Osborne to Frost, we've had, you know, four. For lack of a better term, failed coaches. Either they didn't get the job done on the field or on the sidelines, or, or maybe we're not given enough of a chance. Depending on, you know, how you look at the circumstance. So, of those four uh, coaches, Solich, Callahan, Pellini, and Riley, which do you wish would have been successful?
0: I think. Well, I I mean that probably the best way to say it is, I I really wanted them all to succeed. Sure. Because yeah. deep down, I mean, I'm a Nebraska fan, and I and. It sucks watching your team lose. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so But you know, I thought you know of the of the four, I thought that Solich and Pelini were probably the closest to succeed, and I think Pelini actually was starting to was succeeding to a small extent. I I I, th- I always want to try. I hate to use that they all fail because they the because I think Solich and and Pelini are going. I think after the after time goes by we were, I think we're going to recognize that they were good coaches, but they weren't good enough for
1: Nebraska. I, uh, you know, and, and maybe I, another another perhaps way of of you know, saying because I I don't disagree with you, but um, weren't not that they weren't good coaches, they weren't uh, maybe able to get over the hump.
0: They yeah they, they we there's a certain expectation you know we, we set a level or I should say you know Tom Osborne and Bob Devaney set a certain level of where the program should be of where the program is and I think that that influences what we think Nebraska should be uh, Solich wasn't up wasn't up to that uh, level one can argue whether or not. He, you know, after he remade his staff, whether he had enough time, but okay, I mean that's water under the bridge now. Pelini uh, did some good things. I mean, winning three division championships in his uh, first five years—that's fairly good. Um, but again, not good enough. Uh, and you know, you know whether he would have been willing to. Do something different on offense, or or try something different on defense, or whether there's you know all the noise around the program and noise around him was just too much for him to handle. You know we can argue that to a blue in the face. I think Pelini will probably you know have the fact that Pelini's already played for one uh, division, uh, one AA national championship. I suspect you're going to see him in that type of a uh, uh, setup. At some point, you know, doing similar type of things at Youngstown State uh, again before his kids graduate from Cardinal Mooney, and then after that, then all bets are off as to what sure. he does next. But I think, I think, I think he will turn out to be a. I think he will turn out to be a pretty good coach, just not at the level that a, a program
1: like Nebraska needs. And and also uh, along that line, you know, Pelini was. I mean, he, I, I maybe just head coaching. Wasn't you know his his gig? Maybe he uh, really does need um, you know somebody looking over him, not from an administrative role, but from the coaching staff role, kind of keeping him in check. That's why maybe he was su- so successful as a defensive coordinator. Uh, maybe maybe that's a, you know a better spot for him. I don't know.
0: It could be, but my also thought was was that uh, I think the spotlight at Nebraska shines awfully uh, bright, and sure. as uh, and I think uh, as one thing about Polini is I don't know that he necessarily handled the he, I don't I don't believe he handled criticism uh, the best, and he lashed out and really alienated a lot of people in this state, and that more than anything, uh, to me, was why. He's no longer the coach at Nebraska. I, I think I think it wore on him. I think it distracted him. Uh, I think uh, it caused him to retrench on certain things in areas that maybe he didn't necessarily need to be so. Uh, because he was, you know, he is a stubborn guy. Right. You know, and uh, you know, he, he, if he even if he felt he needed to uh, change, he might have said no because I. I'm not going to admit that I'm I'm wrong on this stuff. You know, so I I just I just think outside the uh, outside, you know I think he, I think I would not be surprised if he doesn't turn up in 10 15 years somewhere else and has a uh, a good coaching career. You know either at Youngstown State or at another maybe lower level program. I just don't think. You know I just don't think he or maybe over time he'll mellow out a little bit and he realize the mistakes he made uh, I, th- I think I think I think takes far m- far more abuse uh, for for his sins than they, that, he, that he's actually guilty of I and I think a lot of a lot of people are guilty of kind of running him out of out of the state of Nebraska I mean he has his faults but I think I think we. I think there's a lot of fans and people that, and former players that kind of took their shots and really almost sucked the life out of the out of the program. I think that's one of the reasons why you know he wasn't necessarily when he left. You know he he was angry about it, but I think in ways he always felt he was going to be fine about it because, and I think that's why he went back home because it's like okay I can go back here I can coach. Uh, my kids are gonna, my family's going to be taken care of, and I am, I'm out of that uh, that ridiculous setup where you know basically ha- everybody was calling for his head,
1: right? So, and and to that, point, yeah, and that's one of the things I think. Well, let oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say to that that point. I mean, I, I think because the, the word you used, you know, the kind of the standard, the expectation of winning that that uh, you know none of those four coaches were able to. Uh, you know, achieve even getting to uh, you know big uh, the conference championship games and, and losing or being embarrassed like uh, Nebraska was against Wisconsin. Mm. Um, but I mean, fans you know fans and media kind of both uh, uh, ran Pelini out. Almost the same could be said about Riley Callahan was no friend of of uh, Nebraska and and Solich. Even though you know he played here, he coached you know under uh, Tom Osborne was the. Uh, hand chosen successor if you will uh, he you know, as you said the success that he had even getting a conference championship was not it, it wasn't that national championship that was highly coveted be, based on the such recent success that they had 94 95 97 so yeah. he wasn't meeting the expectations and so uh, I, I say this with without any you know condemnation but uh, you know husker fans are I I don't want to use the word fickle, um, but they are, you know, they they have such high expectations that, uh, you know, I I almost – fickle is not the word, but I'll say impatient. Uh, You know, they want to be, you know, like in in 2016, 2017, 2018, they want to be, you know, conference champions uh, and, you know, in the college football playoff, uh, you know, conversation – but there's so much more parity in college football now than there was 25 years ago, so it's it's a lot more difficult to achieve that. Yep. and certainly you think about you know where Nebraska is now
0: uh, in the Big Ten, where you've got you know when in the Big Eight days, basically Nebraska had to beat Oklahoma and then probably some other cast of characters is going to bubble up maybe a colorado or an oklahoma state sometimes it wasn't any of them you know so it's kind of like you know you you play the tough uh, you play you play a couple of decent good teams in the in the non-conference schedule and then you kind of go on autopilot and coast through the conference schedule until you got to the oklahoma game in november and that was basically it you know that Let's be honest. When you look at uh, at uh, the Big Ten, you know we're, you know, we've got uh, you know Wisconsin every year. that's on our schedule, but more often than not, we usually get somebody from the uh, East Division. That's uh, one of the that's in uh, playoff playoff uh, consideration. A uh, you know Michigan State or Ohio State or a Michigan. Uh, you know, one of those Penn State. You know, you've got usually one or two of those teams on the schedule. So the schedule just the bar on that schedule. And, and you know, other than Illinois and in the early years Purdue flipping up the schedule, the the Big Ten West, even though it's not the greatest, is probably more solid from top to bottom than the old uh, Big Eight was.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And and uh, and that's you know. Based on on the back and forth, uh, you know that Nebraska and Northwestern have had. Of course, we know about Wisconsin and, and dare I say even Iowa, but but Minnesota, uh, you Minnesota's know, Minnesota's
0: been, been better. Purdue is suddenly looking like uh, like a team that uh, is, you know, showing what you know if you when you
1: make the right
0: higher, you can do really good things.
1: So it's going to be interesting. Um, th- this. The, the expectations and the strength of schedule for 2018 and, and you know, Scott Frost's first year uh, really is going to be uh, an interesting uh, topic of conversation uh, around many, uh, you know, radios and, you know, sports talk radios and even dinner tables uh, in the fall. Um, let's, let's move forward and, and on, on our cross-examination. Mike, what is your – do you have one uh, favorite standout Husker sports moment? Oh. Well, that
0: one that one's actually be yeah, actually pretty easy. I think the number one has to be getting a chance to get to uh, Miami for that 1995 Orange Bowl against the Hurricanes and right. being actually in the stadium. <laughs> when that uh being in, uh, being in the state <laughs> So to actually watch. Unfortunately my kids just showed up and now they're being noisy.
1: <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, can I, may I suggest Mickey Mouse? It's working in my house. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is a little. Might be oh. a little age difference. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they, they,
0: I just told told the science on the phone, and they just. Uh, I
1: just blew it off and <laughs> oh, went okay. off and back
0: start making noise in another room. <laughs> uh,
1: so you were in in the stadium, you were in uh, yeah. in there for the wow, that's uh what was that atmosphere cuz I mean you might be the first person I've I've talked to uh, earnestly who who was there. What was that atmosphere like? I mean that, as, as far as the well, crowd was it was it a good I mean was it you know Husker fans travel well of course, but you're also in yeah. Miami's backyard. So was it a Miami good Miami
0: backyard and I'll tell you what that that was uh, and uh, that, you know, first of all, that Orange Bowl stadium. Now that it's torn out, it, but it was in, you know, a notoriously not so great part of town. Right. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when when. When that game happened, trying to figure out, you know, all lot of the logistics about how to get, I thought, oh, we got to get down there for this one. We we got to be there. So I, you know, I was able to get tickets. Then it was a matter of getting, you know, getting getting a uh, plane trip down. We got down there and we found that um, we're not quite sure what we're doing. This is days before the internet, you know, where you know where you could book stuff online. So it's like, okay, we found ourselves a hotel. That, well, it was in Fort Lauderdale. It really was more of a spring break motel than anything. We asked the front guy at the front desk what the best way to get down to get down to the stadium, and the guy told us, "Oh no, you don't want to go down there." Like, no,
1: no, you we know, d- just we came all TV. the way from Nebraska. We really do want to go down there.
0: Yeah, it's like we came all this way, and, and while yeah, the beach is nice, uh, it's like no, I did not come all the way down to. Miami to watch the game on a 19-inch portable TV uh, with questionable reception in in a in a motel room. <laughs> you know, we went down there, and, and you know, so it's like you know, you hear all these horror stories, and there really was no big problem that we there was going down there. You know, it was funny after the game. Uh, uh, you know, we we're screaming and yelling and whatever else, and, you know, yelling husk cows. but after, you know, after about 10, 15 minutes, okay. You know, the, the players went, wander back in there, okay, it's time to start heading out, and, you know, it's, you know, midnight, and, and we've got, got to find a way back to the car, whatever else, and as we're walking out, uh, my congratulates us, and and it, it, I forget how the story talked about, but I guess you know the Miami fans were kind of intimidated about us because they thought we were going to beat the, beat them <laughs> up, and the, and the Nebraska fans were all like they had heard all the horror stories, like no, we were just trying not to get mugged on our way right. out, and we kind of saved, each one of us had the own expect, expectation, the other one was going <laughs> to was going to yeah. attack us, and it really wasn't really wasn't any uh, big deal, but uh, you know. That was that was probably the pinnacle because that was obviously you know I would say if you ask any uh, Nebraska fan who was around at that time you know that while you know the beating Florida the next year uh, you know represented kind of about the pinnacle of as good as it gets that first one in ninety you know, in that ninety four just meant so much because it's all those emotions of watching of uh, Remember you know, Nebraska lost how many straight bowl games at that point in sure. time, the old joke that you know, Tom was born had to his cereal and his Cheerios you know, on a plate because, because he lost everything in the bowl. <laughs> 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 you know, it was that was the old joke at the time. And uh, and and to finally exercise those beats, especially in that stadium, you know, it was just I remember, you know, when as Schlesinger ran into the end zone. I remember turning around and be like, giving my dad the biggest hug because I was like, "It's actually happening!"
1: <laughs> right. This is the moment. This is the. the, that, the this,
0: this is this is this. It was that cathartic moment where, you know, and to this day, I mean, I remember I was, you know, I remember I had the VCR at home. Uh, uh, recording the game, and I remember, you know, I probably watched that fourth quarter probably two dozen times over that uh, spring and summer. <laughs> and every time when Schlesinger ran into that, went stumbling into something, there's always a tear coming to my mind. My, because it's like, man, that is what, as a Husker fan, you've been waiting years for. You know, and you know and right now even though man those were those were great days and how do we get back to that
1: <laughs> so that uh, this is, is is not one of the uh, uh, quote-unquote scripted questions that we have then but with uh, you know Scott Frost and his staff in Lincoln now uh, and and of course it's it's the offseason before their first season everybody knows that but how we, we've, you know, Paul and and uh, Haas both last week said 2022 uh, is is when it's going to happen. Hey, bud, uh, but how close would you say Nebraska is to you know returning to that that national prominence?
0: That's a good question, and because
1: I my my
0: personal take is I don't know we when we can say just because we got you know, time. You know, the first thing we have to do is just. Become relevant in in the Big Ten again. I mean, Nebraska has taken such a huge step back the last three years. We can argue about whether the was, but I think we all can be in agreement that that uh, that uh, as Bugs Bunny would would get Sean Iker's took a wrong turn in Albuquerque and <laughs> good, we good went the wrong direction. And, and last and last season, uh, you know. It, Minnesota hung 50 points on Nebraska and then got shut up the next two weeks. Those are the last points they scored. At last season. It was 54 points against Nebraska. They got shut up last game. How bad. So we're, 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 we're starting over. This program almost needs to learn how to crawl again. Uh, now, I think Scott Frost is going to get us back to um, – to, is going to get this thing turned around. You know, I think anybody could probably do better than Mike Riley did, but I think we got, I don't think we want to set any uh, expectations of time. Let's just be, let's get uh, reoriented where we're supposed to be in, in 10 last, and then we'll build from there, you know. Um, I, could it take till 2022? Probably, it could it could be even longer, but I'd like to think that we're going to start seeing uh, Nebraska being nationally competitive again in, in the next three games. Just think, Frost came in at almost the perfect time for him with with the way Central Florida uh, finished their season last year, or played last season. And he's got that buzz, that aura around him that's going to help him in recruiting. You know, I always... Poo poo the record, recruiting analysis. I don't poo the need to, well, but also what they did last year also pointed to their development. So I think this program is closer to, you know, even though I will hedge my bets because of the transition to say six and six this is, is good, I would not be shocked if we don't get an eight for nine and three. I mean, you say, I want more, you know. I think that's not out of the line of uh, out of the line of possibilities, and from there we build forward. You know, but we got to figure out you know things like quarterback uh, getting the line figured out, getting you know, making sure the defense uh, actually knows how to tackle somebody, uh, stopping a jet sweep, which was uh, Pliny's uh, bugaboo, uh, all the little things that go into you know. I think it's going to take time, but. You know when is it going to get uh, rolling? I don't even want to begin to speculate because we've fallen so far the last few years that uh, I don't. I don't, I think. It, I think it's uh, kind of irresponsible to kind of put that pressure and say it's got to be fixed at X amount of time because, Turner, because all the flip side can happen. He could. Uh, he, he could rock it forward and then have. Uh, you know. He, if he they go through and they uh, get to the Big Ten championship game next year, suddenly you've got other schools wanting to poach assistant coaches off his staff, and suddenly he's rebuilding his staff. So, no, I just want, don't want. I think I want. I want to try to temper the long term expectations, and let's just first focus on just focusing on a problem that just doesn't. Uh, embarrass us on the field you know people talked about you know coach Pl- Pliny's embarrassing behavior but let's just get to where you know hey you know let's even if we're losing by it's not a sin to lose to uh, an Ohio State by two touchdowns, two or three touchdowns but it's when you're getting uh, getting your uh, getting when Iowa is rolling up and down the field unstopped on you
1: that's the type of stuff that has to stop
0: that's got to get fixed before he can do anything
1: and uh, yeah I agree wholeheartedly and like you said kind of got to learn to crawl again uh, as it were as as a Nebraska football program and and, uh, you know the conditioning things like that that they're they're working on and and you see you know the the social media about it and, and you know the uh, coaches are, are talking about, uh, you know, the improvements that the, the, the team's making in the weight room. Uh, you see the, the enthusiasm on the recruiting trail. So all, all of these factors kind of, uh, uh, you know, rolling into one, uh, Mike. We're getting a, a. I can hear thunder, uh, around, you know, around. So I, I think we're getting a storm in. So we got only got one question for you, anyway. Um, sure. And, and I, I say we're getting a storm in. No rush, but you know, it, for anybody who uh, is listening, it is, is is the signal or is the clarity you know wanes. Just bear with us here. Uh, but how did you start riding for Coronation? Because you've been. It, it, this is not a, a knock, but you've been you know one one of the longest running. Uh, contributors for coordination. So how how did that begin? Yep. How did that
0: start? Well uh I actually started with my own blog uh and it's still I still uh write for it occasionally. Uh I I work in digital media uh at for a full time job and you know we this we pre you know social media I, I you know I started recognizing that, you know, hey, you know these blogs and riot, this type of stuff was becoming very more prominent so I just just for my own personal uh, advance i said i need to start working on this stuff so I, in 2005 i started my own blog and it kind of was i wanted had some thoughts i wanted to capture you know message boards just weren't seem to be cutting it anymore just to get my own thoughts out there and the other thing you know that i noticed is back in the Callahan era i had a lot of stuff i wanted to <laughs> get off my chest <laughs> so I so I so I went ahead and started my blog, and then a couple years later, uh, John was John had started his own little blog, and then he got approached by SB Nation to do do a Nebraska fan site, and he did that for a while, and then he realized he needed help with it, and he and he contacted me for it, and I said, well, yeah, I thought about, it. I said, well, I don't want to give up my own personal blog, because I, I still want to you know be a and he said no, no, because I cause I blogged about other stuff other than just Nebraska football. I just so I, we kept that, so I kept that going, and, and I kind of so I joined up with him in 2007, and uh, you know, rode out what I thought at the time was the worst possible Nebraska football season ever in 2007. You know, and and I've been with him ever since. You know, we picked up guys and lost guys like you know Brian. Uh, you know, and we, you know, but it's John and I have been working on this thing for for so long now that you no know, you know, it's kind of like I, I he once called me the voice of reason, uh, for for the blog, and I sometimes I take that seriously, but then sometimes I realize, well, wait a minute, I bet you if I ask about half the other guys on the on the blog, they would call me one of the crazy guys as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so how have you seen? You know you mentioned the the uh, addition to you know bringing in you know various contributors and 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 uh, obviously you know losing some for various reasons and then losing Brian uh, you know last fall for for uh, you know just the the completely unexpected tragedy of, of that but how would you say the coronation has evolved over the last you know 11 years
0: well you know one of the things is I you know and John kind of had a John still wants it to be kind of, you know, more fan-centered, more fun. But the one thing we came along over the years is realize that we do have a uh, legitimate voice. Uh, And, you know, I sometimes want to caution him back about getting too ridiculous because we've turned around and, uh, you know, John and I were at a press conference and interviewed Jim Delaney uh, four years ago at the Big uh, Ten baseball tournament. I mean, okay, this is... Uh, this is big time stuff here. We've been in the press box. Uh, we've got media passes. He shoots there. Uh, I have not. I've not. You know, if one of us wanted to cover, uh, actually be up in the press box on game days, we probably could could even get that uh, up in the press box. I've thought about that, but I've said no because there's no way I could watch a Nebraska football game. In that press box, right. with the no cheering rule, <laughs> there's just absolutely no way
1: I could do that. <laughs> and, and, and that's something that I, you know, when I was in radio and, and calling ball games, and and you know, from my my earliest times, you know, uh, out in Shadron to uh, you know, calling them, you know, for high school baseball and and whatnot in in small town Illinois, I, I have the benefit of being on in that. Part of yeah. the uh, uh, press box where I could still get excited, uh, you yeah. know. And, and, and where you're supposed to, where you're, right?
0: Where your and, job really exp- and, it demands that you do it that way.
1: And I will, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to apologize, but I'll, 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 I'll be uh, forthright with it. Uh, some of those Shadron Gordon games that I called, uh, some of those Shadron Alliance or Shatterin Scott's Bluff games, um, I got looks uh, for for some of my some of the things that I was saying. Now I wasn't saying anything like you know controversial, but. There is a definite Homer, you know, twist on it. And and, and I, I'll own that because, the uh, you know, especially like Shadron Gordon or Gordon Rushville became uh, Shadron Alliance, those were – uh, you know, those were rivalry games. And, and so I always went in, even from the announcer aspect, with with a little chip on my shoulder, be like, all right, I'm going to come in and I'm going to have a better broadcast than the other guy. Or even if the other school didn't have a broadcast drama, I'm, I'm going to let them know that I'm here, that this is, you know, I get this passionate about this sport, this game. I want them to know about it. Uh, yeah. So. You know, for me, that that was always yeah. I couldn't imagine being in like press row and, and having to just yeah. you know quietly type and being like ooh. You know, <laughs> I would I'd be I'd be too. I would be that guy that erupts in in you know joy when yeah. uh, you know Kenny Bell lays out a Wisconsin yeah. defensive back and, and you know in in the Big Ten championship. I'd I'd be like oh shit. You know, and and uh, then they kick me out. So
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I was in the press box. When uh, in, for the 2014 Big T- uh, Ten baseball championship game, with Nebraska against Indiana, and I mean, you know, when uh, you know when uh, Kyle Schwarber hit that, uh, the most emotion that was in that room was when uh, Kyle Schwarber uh, drilled that home run into the bleachers, and really, it was really just people going, "Ooh." Because they knew that was a monster blast but it was, was kind of like you know when nebraska was making a big play you could hear the roar coming in from the stadium but it was kind of like it was kind of like, eh, okay <laughs> you know, it was just a weird <laughs> weird ambience in that uh, press box that day and, and you know okay it was a unique experience there but it kind of convinced me that i probably don't want to although I, part of me still wouldn't mind doing it once but it wouldn't be a big game it would be like you know uh you know uh, Akron, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, but you know, it's gotta be a game that, uh, you know, that, you know, that I'm not going to get, t- would not normally get too worked up over, you know, uh, uh, uh Nebraska, Wisconsin game, uh, would not be, <laughs> it, it would, would not be, would not be good for me up there.
1: <laughs> it it would almost have to be because, you know, because like you said, you know, you, you hear that roar coming in from the crowd. Yeah. I, I would almost have to say that any game at Memorial Stadium probably would be negated because you're gonna get you know 90,000 strong uh, you know creating that that uh, atmosphere and so yeah. it's got to be like a low- level uh, conference conference game on the road like at Rutgers yeah. or something uh, you go you there you go Mike we're gonna send you to Rutgers uh, <laughs> and, and you can you can have a uh, we'll get you credentialed and and we will uh, uh, you know, John will fly you out there personally on his dime, and and uh, you go hey, sit well, in the press box. Uh, th- this is the test to see if John actually listens to the podcast. Um, so, all you need the car, all I need the credit card number, John. <laughs> there you go. And and don't worry about that uh, business class uh, airfare. That's you know that's probably the only one that was available that particular day. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that uh, yeah just a completely different dynamic when when you're when you have to you know separate the fan side from from yeah from that uh media yep. side so um awesome mike we've kind of come to the end uh and people can find you on social media you're on twitter yep at husker mike
0: there's an underscore between husker and mike uh you know i that's i've been out there for for a good 10 years on on twitter uh and of course, you know, you find all my uh, my hot takes on cor- on coordination as well uh,
1: at coronation.com. So, what's your what's right your claim to fame? Like what's that, you know, when when what what's that one thing that you do that you're like that's mine? Uh, on my my thing, I think
0: the my number one my two things that I do is in the summertime it's the uh, opponent previews. I just finished the uh, Akron uh, one, and uh, you know, I always take a little bit of pride because I, a, each one I think takes at least a week or so to do, especially mm-hmm. the early preseason ones. Because you know, like Akron, I know nothing about Akron going in. Uh, I have nothing nothing to base it off of, and and I'm piecing together little bits of pieces. No, you know, you know, off of what's on their website, looking at past stats, they're past games and what other college football writers have written about them. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of those people haven't written stuff either. So I'm just piecing together all these pieces, you know, researching, you know, who's back, you know, which, who's, who's playing? Is there anybody with injuries? You know, what's the expectation level? You know, obviously, you know, when Phil Steele's stuff comes out, my job gets a lot easier because he gives me a, he gives (laughs) me a baseline to work from, and you know, gives me kind of that cribs notes, cliff notes. I don't want to say I'm plagiarizing it, but he gives, he does such a good job that, you know, he just streamlines that whole process and gets me in the mindset of things to look for because you know, feels human like anybody else. He gets his, even you know, his his stuff's already gone to press. And oh, by the way, you know, people are going to get injured. People are going to quit, transfer. You you know, just had a had the uh, signee for. The defensive lineman uh, sign, grad transfer uh, last week. You know, Phil won't have that in his right. magazine. You know, so it, it's not perfect, but just pulling all that stuff together and trying to figure out what's to, you know how good you think these teams are going to be takes an amount of time. And I think that that is probably I I think that some of the the most work I put into uh, coordination out of those opponent previews, and I usually get a good feel for them. And I always laugh when. You know, because I've always had uh, Colorado and Iowa fans kind of snicker about it, but <laughs> more often than not, usually I'm not. I've I'm, I'm I've been far closer to the truth that they want to admit most years. I think the only year I've, I'm really messed up was 2015 Iowa because I don't think anybody saw them going to the uh, Rose Bowl in <laughs> that season. They, did, they didn't look like that type of team in the preseason.
1: No, for sure. Um, so there's the opponent previews and then and the, the report cards. The report card. uh, after each after each game, which you know. by the way are, are great reads. I, I think uh, everybody you know all, all the coronation.com regulars, you know, regular visitor visitors to the site really enjoy uh, both of those features. So. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, you've been you, you know you and John have been uh, uh, carrying the banner for over a decade. I, I don't say yep. that to make you feel old, by the way. I don't. Yep, and you know, you know, and I and believe me, it's a lot more fun to
0: do those report cards after like a two thousand nine, two thousand ten season when you're <laughs> winning, whatever. <laughs> although it's uh, although last year it got pretty easy because you can only because how you it became you know are you going to give them an f or a zero <laughs>
1: <laughs> or an I for, <laughs> I for incomplete i did i had
0: more of a handful of those but sometimes got, how many times can you can you say we suck without repeating
1: yourself <laughs> what, and, and I'm, I'm trying to think of like those early report cards uh, you know that i had as a, as a kid you know they had a through f but you also had like incomplete or unsatisfactory or satisfactory so yeah uh, my, you know, i, in, I, in I first... had
0: more with with callahan i had more than once where i said uh, this was one where we need an adult to sign for it
1: <laughs> <laughs> um well i I, uh, I i'm all out of questions mike and, and you've been a, a great guest we'll definitely have to have you back on uh and uh, i i know for a fact now that mickey is over as my son is joining me here uh, in the <laughs> office so uh mike i appreciate your time will, will you help me uh uh close out the show all right, all right. So, what we do, uh, and since you don't listen to the podcast, you don't know, uh, but it's the off season, and and you probably remember uh, Brian's last tweet, uh, or you know, oh we, man, we, we've talked That's about it. <laughs> well, yeah, the the taps, but yeah, for but, the Rangers, but we uh, we keep that alive every week. I, I say my part, and then I say go big red, and then Haas always says. You know, if it's in season, he says, "Win the damn game." Um, yeah. And right now, he says, "Win the damn off season." So I'm going to mm-hmm. say my part. I'm going to say, "Go big red." And Mike, if you don't mind saying, "Win the damn off season," and we'll we'll get out of here. All right, all right. So uh, everybody, thanks for uh, listening to this listening issue and and thanks to my son for making noise at, in the last 30 seconds of the well, report. Yeah. Um, it, it honestly they probably like him more than they like me so it, it, it's cool. Uh, we, we appreciate uh, cameos uncredited cameos here. Um, but everybody make sure that you uh, you know like and uh, you know share subscribe uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and Podbean and Google Play and Stitcher. Of course coordination.com jitterymonkey.com and uh, uh got to thank mike jackson again he's been doing it coronation for 11 years and uh, he's going to keep doing it we're not going to let him go uh so for mike for Haas, who is with us in absentia uh as he's uh, probably ordering his uh by the way the the main picture on this post is going to be a coors banquet semi so uh we're going to have that and he'll be very confused uh but for Haas, who is uh, buying beer and other things at costco i'm greg mahachko Reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red. Win the damn offseason. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.